Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Crook and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Oliver Gilmore. Ollie, how you doing? I'm good, Harrison. Something a little bit different today. We're chatting about Manchester. Manchester, England. It should be a great episode. We've got lots coming up. The icon of Manchester. We've got discussions about both my trip and my family's trip. Uh, We both support different teams from Manchester, so it's going to be interesting seeing both sides of the coin. Uh, We're also going to have a bit of discussion of is Manchester a red or a blue city? Uh, And as always, we've got our mailbag questions. Now, thank you so much to the people who've sent in questions on our mailbag. If you'd like to interact with us, if you'd like to send in mailbag questions, you can do that at Road Trip Sports Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, We've been posting lots of TikTok videos lately, which have been fun. A little bit of uh, humor in there. So I hope you're enjoying uh, what we've been putting out. Uh, if you'd like to look at us, uh, our content on YouTube, uh, Road Trip Sports Podcast is what you need to search to find us. Uh, and if you've got any inquiries, if you'd like to have your voice heard on the show, if you'd like to tell us about any of your trips that you've had, uh, make sure to send them through to Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com. Now, our opening segment this week, as always, we do a fun little opening segment. We're going to do a little bit of trivia, and we've got a sponsor for this week, don't we, all? We do indeed. Today's trivia is brought to you by Mr. Plow. So, Harrison, I've got a question for you, mate. Yes. Are you tired of having your hands cut off by snowblowers or the inevitable heart attack that comes with shoveling snow? I'm so tired of it. And look, we may not be targeting our Australian listeners today, but our American listeners over there, what you want to do is pick up the phone, dial kl 53 226 now and receive a free t-shirt his prices are so low you think you've suffered brain damage so remember call mr plow that's his name that name again is mr plow so on with our trivia segment now thank you very much mr plow for sponsoring the podcast this week and if you'd like to sponsor the podcast make sure to get in touch with us road trip sports podcast at gmail.com fantastic so beginning our segment now Harrison, my first question to you and to our audience is, which Australian sports star retired recently? Um, oh, that's a good question. And now the feedback from our last trivia is, leave a bit of time for the <laughs> fans to, uh, to have their answers to and to think about the answers. So I'm actually taking a little bit of time to think about this one. Um, I believe it's a female athlete. That's correct believe she played the sport of tennis that's correct and i believe her name is ash barty that is also correct bang 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 one nil i'll take the lead on this one uh my first question for you it's a wrestling question mm-hmm. who won the 2008 royal rumble did we talk about this on the pod we did okay so it's one of two um i'll allow a bit of time i'm pretty pretty confident here so this this one i remember it was on my birthday um so it was on the day before my birthday in american time but it was on my birthday and so my birthday present was that my parents ordered it and we watched it and i i'll let you answer who it was before i explain the full story but who was it yeah so it was john cena he's returned back from injury it was john cena my absolute favorite wrestler of all time and i thought he was injured i thought that there was no chance that I'd see my absolute idol 
uh, on this show. And lo and behold, on my birthday, he comes back and he wins the whole entire thing. And it was one of the most iconic moments of my childhood. Torn Peck, was it? Was it Torn Peck? Uh, that Shoulder time was or? the Torn Peck. Okay, right. I believe the Torn Peck, because yeah, he did the, he pointed at it and then did like the okay sign um, yep. on the top rope. Because he did the Torn Peck and then he did, um, he did his neck later that year. Um, like I think it was a disc in his neck. Um, yeah, okay. So he had a bit of an injury troubles, but he was always known for coming back way sooner than predicted. Well, I didn't actually see him on that night. I don't know about you. <laughs> Nowhere to be found. <laughs> you can't see him. So the score is one all. What's your next all question? Right. So my next question is, where is Super Bowl 59, so two years time, set to take place? 59. So the next one. 59. The next one's in Glendale, Arizona. Yes. Followed by uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, which would be 58. Or am I getting them mixed up? Maybe you are getting mixed up. So there's, there's one coming up that's Las Vegas. There's that one coming correct. up that's New Orleans. And I can't remember the order. I believe 59 is Las Vegas. Super Bowl 57. Yep. Is Arizona. It is. Super Bowl 58. Yep. Is Las Vegas. Oh, it's New Orleans, Super isn't it? Super Bowl 59. 59 is New Orleans, oh. yes. <laughs> this close, this close. Almost tricked you there because it's not like a question that comes out a lot. It's like, you know, that they're coming, but when they're coming, yeah. I tried to game the system then. I thought you'd do <laughs> the nice new shiny Las Vegas stadium in your answer, but oh, well. uh, unfortunately, uh, it's still one all. You sort you've of got knew a game it in hand. without knowing it. You know what I mean? I did, I did. <laughs> uh, I tried to sort of hopefully show that I knew something. Uh, my question for you, this is a bit of a tough one, but I think you might be able to get it. All right. So, 2005 AFL Grand Final. Scores 58-54. Swans yeah. are in the lead. We're on the uh, sideline. Balls yep. kicked in. Leo Barry, you start. Marks the ball. It? Who kicked it? <laughs> um, I've got an idea, and I think I'm leaning towards. Oh God, I'm leaning towards Dean Cox. But then Dean Cox might have been in the marking contest. Um. Oh, crap. I might wait. Oh, should I wait? It's up to you. Drag it out a bit. Um, it's up to you. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Dean Cox. It just You I, are correct. Yeah, okay, sweet. <laughs> so, the, ironically, now he is a, a Swans assistant coach, coach yeah. uh, which full circle sort of thing. But, yeah, he was the uh, kicker of the ball who, uh, yeah, Famously got marked by Leo Barry in the dying seconds to end the 72-year drought. Yeah, look, I wasn't sure if Cox was the one that actually was in the marking contest and was the ball was kicked to or he was involved in it. So I just sort of, you know, half yep. my chances there. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right, what's your next question? Scores 2-1 to you. All right, so which boxer fought against Muhammad Ali and won? Now, Muhammad Ali's had some pretty, like... Memorable fights. He's had a lot of memorable fights in his in his career. He actually lost five times, but one of the most memorable losses, I'd say. So if you can name one of the five, but I'm sort of leaning towards towards one of them. There's a famous one, and it's on the tip of my tongue, but I am struggling. 
So I'll give you a little bit yeah, more time. Yeah, I think I need it if you so, want to filibuster for a bit. So just to reiterate the question, the question was which boxer or, you know, there's as I mentioned before, there's five of them. Which boxer fought against Muhammad Ali and lost? And Muhammad Ali lost. And Muhammad Ali lost. Yeah, okay. Um, oh. I'm really struggling. The only person that's coming to my head, um, and maybe because I had like a nice dinner last night, mm-hmm. um, George Foreman. That's <laughs> the only person that came to my head. I'm, I'm blanking hard. It wasn't George Foreman, was it? No, it, no. George Foreman wasn't one of them. No. But the one that I was looking for here was Joe Frazier. Oh, I had Frazier in my head, but I wasn't confident. Yeah. See, it's one of those... It was on the... Uh, tip of the tongue. Tip of the tongue. Yeah. There, yeah. All right. So, you keep your 2-1 lead and you've got a uh, point in hand. And coming to a question that you should know. Okay. The Packers have won four Super Bowls. Yep. In Roman numerals, tell me what four Super Bowls. I'm actually, dude. I'm so bad. I'm so bad at Roman numerals. Like I'm absolutely horrible. Um, I know, I would know the years, You'd but I don't know years. Roman. I know the years. Do you know the Super Bowl like the number non-Roman numeral? Uh, is in. I don't think. I don't think so, man. Funnily enough, I don't think so. I, th- I know all the years, like 11, 1997. 67 68 yep but i don't know the i don't i wouldn't know the year like i'd yeah i don't think i'd be able to name all of them um yeah nah i don't think i could do it all right do you want me to, <laughs> do you want me to give them to you far away man one yep two yep 31 mm-hmm. and 45 yep so, so i do 45 so um, 31 would be xxxi and yep. then 45 would be xlv to be honest i probably could have thought for an extra minute and got there because i knew it was like one and two and then yep. i knew the most recent one but then the, as, as you mentioned that one sort of in the middle there but i could have i mean i've got like memorabilia with the hat and i could have been like yeah i could have really thought about it but i just i'm gonna i don't know half a point that's all right uh <laughs> no yeah okay. no nah, fair enough let's uh let's move on now so the score's t- still two one to you all right so Coming this up is a question, question this is a question you're either going to know Straight away, I think, or probably not know okay. at all. Yep. Um, maybe just think of the first person that comes to your head with this one, because my question to you is, which Australian won the last Tour de France? As in, which what was Australia's last Tour de France winner? Cadell Evans. There you go. Bang. <laughs> Sorry, that was probably a bit too quick for our uh, listeners there. Um, but yeah, I just... You said first thing that comes to my head. I had to, do, I had to just get it out. Yeah, legit. Right. I think that's probably not. I wouldn't say an easy one, but like one that you can certainly remember because, um, because it hasn't been too many. Yeah, for sure. All right. This is my last question. I know this is only the fourth, but it's worth two points. Okay. Okay. Right. I'm going to give you the city. You yep. tell me who we picked as our icon. Yep. Green Bay. As our icon was Aaron Rodgers. Miami. Miami was, well, it was a bit, it was a tie. It was between Dwayne Wade and the Don Schultz. Tell me who won the fan vote. Fan was Dwayne Wade. Sydney. Sydney was a little bit of a tie as well, but we went with um, Adam Goods. 
And it's funny after the uh, Buddy One Thousand, it might yeah. need a. We might need to do a follow up podcast I think discussion that nearly, on that. Uh, seals the deal it now. almost puts him over the line. Uh, San Francisco. Um, we did Joe Montana and Steph Curry sort of tied. Who won? There was a winner. Was on off the fan vote. Mm-hmm. Was it Curry? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne. Melbourne. We did Shane Warne and Cameron Smith. It was Shane Warne. It was. Uh, Los Angeles. Um, we, we did a did big, a big bracket. bracket. Our winner was Kobe. Yep. Hollywood. Hollywood. We did Rocky. Oh, I thought that would be the stumper. Yeah. Uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. We did Messi. Baltimore. Baltimore. We did. The name's gonna screw me here. I know exactly who it was. I'm just trying to remember the name. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Can we move on and I'll come back to it? All right. Chicago. Um, Chicago, we did Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that's the one you thought the most for. All right, Baltimore. Back Baltimore, to Baltimore. We did Ray Lewis and yep. Carl Ripken Jr. Carl Ripken, Carl Ripken Jr. Jr. But sorry. I will give it to you. That's two points to you. And I think that puts just out of reach. But just for fun, the last question for me. Yep. So, this question, um, and for those playing along at home, think a bit literally here. You can only do so much. Okay. Which, well, what is the only sport to ever be played on the moon? I'm so, if you, a bit you can throw a football time, around, I... but it's not playing football. Yeah. You can kick a soccer ball, but it's not playing soccer. What could you actually play on the moon, do you think? I think I know the answer. Okay. Um... I think would it be golf? That is correct. All right. <laughs> well, I've slightly redeemed myself in those last couple of questions. Final score four to three. That was the same final score the first time we did trivia, but the other way. So Ollie takes this round. It's one all in our trivia segments. And thanks again to Mr. Plow for sponsoring that segment. Yeah, and also let us know what you got playing along at home. So there's a total of I guess ten points there, nine. Ten points questions. on offer. Yeah. Um, with the <coughs> with the actual answering of the last question that I did there about all the icons, I mean, we did rapid fire that a bit, but I still feel like I gave you a little bit of time. Just Hopefully, a you bit. went bang and remembered it before me. But play along, let us know how you went in the comments. For sure, for sure. Well, I think it's just about time now for us to get into Manchester. Ollie, do you want to take us through the stats of Manchester? Yeah, so some fun, fast facts. It's almost a tongue twister. <laughs> so Manchester is a city in the metropolitan borough of northwest England. Um, the city has the country's fifth largest population of 548,000, but the greater Manchester area is the second largest area in England. Um, and as most of you are aware, Manchester is home to two Premier League soccer teams in Manchester United and Manchester City, who are arguably two of the most successful teams in world football. I will argue that Manchester City are not a successful team in world football. Yeah, world they've, football in they've England. Ne- they've never won a European Cup. I'm they've sure they've never we won will. a Champions League. They are a successful team in England. I'm sure you. I'm going to have lots of Man points. City digs throughout today. You're already raising points for you for our discussion a bit later. <laughs> but I'm having my. Fun. We we know that these teams share no love for one another, and they contest the Manchester Derby each year, which is just mm-hmm. probably uh, probably a, an event that 
even if you're not a soccer fan, you'd like to go to. It's a big um, game, big game twice a year. And you've already touched on it, but we will discuss who we think reigns supreme today and of all time, and we'll touch a little bit about uh, Manchester's icons as well. Sounds good, sounds good. Now, I've actually been to Manchester one time, um, and I went on a uh, rugby trip. So with our school, we went on a tour uh, for the rugby team. Uh, so we went around England playing games of rugby. I'd never played rugby before in my life. My yeah, first yep. game of rugby was in England itself. <laughs> um, Thrown in the deep end, mate. Absolutely. Who did you play? Uh, we just played high schools in uh, in England and, 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 and one in Scotland. Did, how did that go? Did you win? I think did we you won two, lost four. Um, I remember we had a had a game in Scotland that was in negative five degrees and yeah, heavy that's, snow. That's not it. Um, <laughs> it's it was so cold that you would turn the cold tap on and it would scold you. Like we were well, in the showers and the scold, the cold tap would was scold like burning hot. Well, okay. Um, but yeah, and I um I don't know how, but I got man of the match for one of the games as well. Wow. Uh, playing a sport I never played before, so that was that was fun. But um, just get real angry and uh, run up, run it, guys. Yeah, it don't was, worry it about was the technicalities. Fun. I also I also got sent off just because I didn't know the rules. <laughs> I think I came in uh, from the side from the ruck or something. Yeah, okay. Um, at one point, and yeah, got got the uh, got the sin bin. And the, yeah, the the, uh, the coach, it was one of our teachers, was just like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Ask the ref. I have no <laughs> yeah. idea. I think that's why I've set off. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, can't, show dis- can't show dissent towards the uh, ref if you don't know what's going on. Exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. Um, but a part of our trip was at, like seeing the sights, of course, and yep, yep. Um, experiencing England. So we went to Manchester. Um, and one of the best sports things we did in Manchester was visit Old Trafford. Lovely, lovely. And visiting Old Trafford, was it a tour? Was it a game? So How did that all work? It was just a tour, um, but it was absolutely fantastic. We went in, we got to see everything around the stadium. So we did a full lap of the stadium, uh, got on the field, sat in the um, the players area where they sit, like the, where the players, managers and everything sit. Uh, we got to go into the change rooms uh, and I remember it was when Di Maria was playing um, for Man United and because I'm a big Real Madrid fan, yep. I was like, I'm going to sit uh, in front of Di Maria's, um, Di Maria's jersey because he was, he was one of my favourite players at Madrid. Um, so when he went there, I was like, great. I'm, so I got to sit in front of his jersey like where he sat um, and yeah, we went through all the change rooms, the boxes, everything. It was absolutely unreal experience. I think we've been on lots of sports stadium tours because they are memorable. Each and every one is so different. And I love hearing the stories from people who are passionate about their team. So it was really awesome uh, experiencing that. And I I wasn't a Manchester United fan going in. I sort of just didn't have a team. Walking out, I was a Manchester United fan. Yeah, okay. And I th- for those of you who don't know... Uh, Manchester United have played at that stadium since its opening. I mean, the ground opened in 1909. They've been playing there since 1910. Yeah. Um, so, crazy. Crazy Absolute. to be there for that long. You don't really see... Maybe your teams have a little stint in the 1900s and then in the 40s or 50s, they move on or they elsewhere build longer bigger on. stadiums. They, yeah, up, upgrade and upscale. Um, but it, it is one of those things about a lot of the classic English teams that they... 
they do have very traditional grounds and it's such a beautiful ground that it's it's modern it's got some modern amenities but it's also kept that rich history and i think they're talking at the moment about making upgrades to it and yeah. changing it around a little bit but at the end of the day it is it is so iconic and they i think whatever they do to it they've got to keep that history and the iconic feel of it yeah and they'll continue to make little um amendments or um construction to it just so they can get a bit more capacity you know Um, for sure i'm i think it was about not too it might have been about six or seven months ago i read an article that they were looking on um expanding the south stand now look i've never been there but any stadium that's able to expand and increase by about eight thousand or so or ten thousand it just it gives them more of an opportunity to host those FA Cups or some Champions League games, Champions League finals, whatever it may be. Um, and as a as a person that lives in Manchester, um, I'm sure that's that really is the theatre of dreams as it's known. It is indeed. And one of the surprising things is it's 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 the largest football stadium in English football. Um, but it didn't feel that large when when we were walking around it. It it really felt like a community football field. Like it felt like that no matter what part in the field it was and I wasn't there for a game, but there was a certain atmosphere and it felt like everywhere we walked and every seat felt closer to the field than you'd experience at one of those gigantic NFL stadiums. And while yeah, they can fit probably a bit more people, uh it felt like you were closer to the close to the field, close to the action wherever wherever we walked. And I obviously, like I said, wasn't at a game, but yeah, the views were great. Every every seat in the house was a was a good seat uh, to have a good view of the uh, of the field. And yeah, like we said, whatever they do with it, I hope they keep that feel. Was there any memorable moments or anything that you did at the stadium itself that was cool? Like visiting, for example, the Sir Alex Ferguson stand or was it walking through the tunnel or something cool that you got to do? Or Walking through the tunnel was really cool. Obviously, we couldn't walk onto the field, but yep. uh, through the tunnel was awesome. Uh, like I said, in the change rooms was really cool and we all sat around and uh, the tour guy was at the front sort of imitating like a pre-game uh, speech and we did that before we walked out the tunnel so I sort of think of those two as intertwined uh, in my mind uh, one of the cool things as well so they have the museum you can see all the trophies um, and at the end you can get like um, they've got like a photographer there and they make up this like mock newspaper of you being like the latest signing for the team so they have all the press conference stuff yeah and, that's sick um, I'd bought myself a jersey um, so I've got a picture of me holding up the jersey um, as if I'm not the latest signing of Manchester United. Um, Did you have your name on the back? I think it was a it was a De Maria jersey. Okay, so it was De Maria on the back, but still pretty cool. Like to hold yeah, up yeah, the of jersey course, of course. and um and so I I got as well the newspaper um article like printed out. Yeah. Um, and I've got that framed at home somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was that was one of the cool experiences as well. Like it was really tailored to that fan experience and uh, trying to make you feel as if you're part of the club yeah amazing man and was there anything else that you sort of did in Manchester that was was sports related well um, I did actually go to a Man City store despite not being a fan uh, my brother and my family are all big Man City fans I thought I gotta bring them back something you do Um, it was a weird feeling 
it's a weird feeling going into a store of a team that you're not passionate about and you're not particularly fond of. Yep. Um, but yeah, it sort of felt like I was a spy in enemy territory. <laughs> um, but I brought my bought my brother a jersey. They just won the the league. Okay. Um, so I bought him an Aguero jersey with like, and they had like a special gold tint or gold lined jersey um, to celebrate them winning the league. So I got him one of those uh, from the from the store. But yeah, so I I had a Man City experience and a Man United experience in the uh, in the same trip. And was there any other memorable sports moments in Manchester? I understand your family's been there a couple of times as well. Yeah, so like I mentioned before, my I'm a Manchester United fan. Uh, my family are all Manchester City fans. Um, so they've been a few times to Manchester to support uh, Man City and mum's provided a few uh, notes and uh, stories about her trips um, and a bit of advice. Um, so right, let's get immersed, immersed in the, cult, yeah, the culture of it all. In the culture of Man City. <laughs> <sighs> all right. Um, no. So they stayed in the city and said it was really easy. Like they caught the tram to the games because uh, mum will make sure that I say this, that Manchester City are the only team in the city of Manchester and Man United aren't in Manchester, the city. So, um, <laughs> I've had that drilled into me. Um, so, Manchester United are actually uh, out at Salford, uh, which is yep. in the greater Manchester area. Thank you. Um, but it's not technically in the city. In so, the it's, city, yep. if you're staying in the city, it's probably easy to get to a Manchester City game um, as you can just catch a tram to the Etihad Stadium. Um, and there was a really cool atmosphere with the city fans um, traveling to the game. Um, they've done two stadium tours. Okay. One of them was before a game, so the day of the game, and one of them was right, uh, okay. one after the game. So um, how did that differ? That's what I want to know. Yeah, because that was what I that was what I asked. Because I thought, oh, well, that that's interesting. Were they different? And they were. So okay, there were places like you said with your Green Bay trip. There that were places you that you couldn't go, but there were things that you could see because it was before a. Um, I don't know if it was a Champions League game or if it was just a really important game, but it was before like a like a big game and they could see some of the processes of all the officials setting up the field, testing things, yep, yep. Um, players doing their like little, like walking around. So they saw a couple of players walking around, saw people doing their warm-ups. Um, so they said while they couldn't actually go in the change rooms, it was still really cool experiencing. And like even before any fans had entered the stadium there was this like vibe around yeah because i've always wondered about that as well like with different sports what's the setup like yeah you know all that sort of stuff as well and because they said they went in the morning the game was at the night and in the morning everyone's already preparing for the game like yeah it's a full day it takes to prepare for the game it's not just like a few hours before uh sort of thing so yeah it was really interesting uh yeah they were getting the facilities ready um that was really interesting after obviously while they didn't see the facilities getting ready they were able to go in the change rooms um on their second tour um when they went on a different trip um so that was a different experience as well being able to go in those areas so um yeah locked off on game day but they allow them to go in there on other times i tried to buy tickets to a premier league game when actually i believe it might it might have been a champions league game might have been a premier league game but they were a little bit hard to get because of the member aspect of it and the home team aspect of it. Yeah. is Was that mentioned at all? Yeah. So, uh, mum signed up to be a citizen 
um, which is like a Man City member fan sort of thing. Um, and so only their fans can order tickets in the the home areas, which is the majority of the stadium. Like the G, is it almost like a GA thing, or is it like no? So there's no like GA. You have to be a Man City fan to be in like the majority of the stadium, and then there's like a section which is because uh, in the game that is specifically being mentioned, it was Man City Liverpool. Um, so there's like a section for Liverpool fans, and then the rest of the stadium you have to be a Man City fan. And it was actually interesting to note that uh, some Liverpool fans had tried to sneak in to the game because they couldn't get tickets in the Liverpool area because it uh, sold out so quick. Yeah. So they tried to sneak into the uh, into the rest of the ground and got kicked out. Yeah. Okay. So you can actually get kicked out if you're not a fan of the team and you're in those areas. Well, the reason why I asked about that. GA sort of areas I went to the football this weekend and they don't do assigned seating anymore for members they say members really? sit in the GA I noticed that the Swans game as well so okay. they're sort of changing that a bit I don't know whether it's to sort of get all the people together which I think makes sense yeah um, but yeah that's that's cool that you know they're able to sit together with the fans because I especially if there's that derby between Manchester United and City you want to be sitting with some comrades exactly right exactly right and yeah like I said being, like getting kicked out um, is a real big deal. I remember they went to a game um, that was not in Manchester, um, but they went to see Man City play and they did the sneaking into the home thing, uh, but they wore generic clothing and just didn't cheer at all for, for Man City. So, um, yeah, it's some people have to uh, try to be very careful about it. Um, yeah, as long as you're not loud. And apparently these Liverpool fans were being loud and trying to start stuff, so... Security, we'll quickly like get get them out of here. So the Liverpool game that they went to is that the first or the second game? Uh, that was the first home city game that they'd been to. Um, okay. So I think they they went to the games when they came out to Melbourne, um, right. and had yep. been to a couple of other games. So that was the first home game they went to, and it was actually the one that year that decided the league. Um, so City and Liverpool were in a title race, uh, and City ended up getting up by a point. Uh, and they won the game, which led to them having the uh, the points advantage. So it was a pretty big atmosphere. And they sat high back, but the atmosphere was incredible. It didn't matter where you sat in the in the stadium; you were going to get a great experience with the uh, with the atmosphere. Yeah, and as as you mentioned there, those games they can be decided five weeks before the end of the season and, and teams sort of know like we saw Man City versus Liverpool it was a, um, huge a few game. weeks ago whilst huge that probably game. hasn't decided it per se it probably has because Man City have got a good draw to finish off and Liverpool have got a bit of a tough one so they're going to have to concede a draw and Liverpool win out or whatever so whilst that game at the time many people go oh there's still five weeks into the, the season but yeah. those games do shape the position um and the end standings at the end of the year exactly right and it's interesting because a lot of sports in australia they finish with the grand final you can sort of have that playoff finals run it's an interesting way to run a competition where it's just if you're good during the season here's the trophy um but yeah so they went to two games uh they went to a burnley game as well and got to be sit much closer because it wasn't such a important game and that was the advice similar to uh when you went to san francisco is yeah the big games just get in the step like get somewhere get in the there, stands yep. get in there the hype is good but then if you want to sit closer 
go to one of those games where it's not as expensive because it'll it'll it's still just as cool as experience and you probably won't have to pay as much money like you can go see both games as opposed to you probably pay that money like the, enough money for both games just to sit at the front row of or close for the big game yeah or you pay 100 bucks for both and you're sitting in the bleachers for one and cool field like midfield for the side, other yeah you know? exactly so, right but yeah look i th- i think that's pretty cool as well so you for mentioned sure. that they went to a stadium tour twice. Yep. You mentioned the first time how it was restricted and stuff like that. What was different the second time? Able to see those locker rooms or anything like that? Yeah, so the, uh, able to go in some of the areas that were locked off because it was game day. Um, and just generally... So there wasn't as many people around, so they are able to take them through more things and spend a bit more time in certain areas where they sort of got moved along a bit quicker on the game day. So different experiences and they said they definitely recommended both uh, but if you want to see everything go when it's not game day yeah different experiences there as well which is really cool yeah for sure for sure um well that's it for our chat about manchester itself we're going to get into the uh blue versus red discussion now uh, there are two teams in manchester there's one good team uh there's one team where you that aren't <laughs> one so good is at the, the moment. Good team. Yeah, I, I say, would, one good I team like and to, one wash team. <laughs> I would like to say <laughs> that my team is the good team. They are not. <laughs> um, at the time of recording, uh, Liverpool just smashed Man United for uh, nil. Yes, they did. Um, for those who don't know, Ollie is a Liverpool fan, so it's actually funny. Uh, the week we did our Barcelona podcast, my team Real Madrid lost to your team Barcelona for nil. Uh, the week we're doing the Manchester podcast, my team, Man United, lost to your team, Liverpool, 4-0. Couldn't get the job done. Oh, it's it's quite ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a big discussion. Is Manchester blue or red? And often the derby um, shapes that and the teams sort of brag about it. It's the social media post is just simply Manchester is red, Manchester is blue. Um, what is your opinion? Who is Manchester's team? Well, from a numbers perspective... Um, United have won more head-to-head. Um, they've had more honours um, or more championships, as it, as it, as it will. Um, but we have seen in recent years, Manchester City have began to dominate um, and they've began to sort of get it over Manchester United a little bit as well. Yeah. And especially as we talk at the moment, I think United... I don't really... It's With soccer, it's a bit hard because it's like, are United in, in a reload? Like, they went to try and get Ronaldo and try and win this year. Yeah. But it just hasn't clicked for them. You know, they've got They'll management be, troubles as yeah. well. It's like... But Man United... Uh, sorry, Man City are set. Yeah. Um, they're continually signing new guys. Um, we saw Harlan sign, who we'll talk about today. Yeah, for sure. Um, but they just continue to get free agents as it is or as it will but they just continue to get really really good players and they'll remain up the top um maybe if we see them win a champions league or win some more europe win some european competitions then that opinion will change yeah but from an outsider perspective i'd say that city of so i blew at the old manchester's blue at the moment but historically they've always always been red it's whether they're blue enough at the moment whether it Recency is enough to, to take you either way. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I think, um, as a Man United fan, my common sticking points are Man City are good because of money. Because they've they've had an influx of 
um, money from Arab countries recently uh, and they've bought the best players and the best manager uh, and that's why they are good. Um, they've also haven't won the European competition. Uh, they've won Premier Leagues, but it never seems like they can win the big game either. Like you just saw them uh, lose to Liverpool in the FA Cup. Um, yeah, it just seems like they always, they're stumbling at the, when there's hurdles in front of them, they stumble. Uh, and Manchester United have got the titles and why they may not be the team at the moment and why they may not be at that calibre at the moment uh, all time. How can you, you can't touch United. They're one of the most successful football clubs. Well, they are the most, uh, statistically the most successful football club in England uh, and then one of the most successful football clubs in the world. Well, it's funny you do mention that money side of things because even though Manchester City was bringing in revenue, um, it was it's only been until the past year or so that they've actually overtaken Man United in revenue. Mm. So you could, if, if I want to be devil's advocate here, you could just say that basically they were still behind Manchester United with revenue and they've become a better team now and that's why they're earning or oh, they're making more money and have yeah. more money to sign those, those star players. But... Because I think you've seen a lot of teams like that. They, it's it's easy to su- sustain success once you've got the good players because you've got the money coming in from sponsors, uh, the ticket sales, you get the jersey sales. It's easy to sustain that. And once you've built a winner, you look at teams like Chelsea um, who had a big Im- influx of uh, money uh, in the early 2000s and became what they are now, which is one of the big six. Um and that that money it's a it's a money driven league and teams like united have had the money for longer so they haven't needed ha, ha, haven't needed as much that influx of money where city have had that influx of money to build them into that strong team and that's where people argue that they've maybe done it the wrong way um yeah, well, i'm so- in a cop so much from my family <laughs> for this i suppose that like <laughs> the jury will be out with how influential money actually is in world soccer. I mean, Newcastle United are now considered one of the richest clubs it, in world football. That's going to be a really interesting story if they can if build they back soar up. to the top and stay there um, because they sign these big guys. Then perhaps the argument that money money talks and money produces results mm. is there. But I don't know. I think you can you could certainly argue either way. Um, obviously you need you need money to be competitive and you need to have a great team to be competitive but yeah. it isn't it isn't completely the answer exactly so, exactly I mean you look at the like Manchester United have got money they've got enough money to buy all these marquee players at the moment and yet they still they're not making the right decisions um, so I mean credit to Manchester City they've made very smart decisions they've built their team strong uh, I think the Haaland signing is a fantastic signing for them. Um, and I think Guardiola has really cemented that team in English football. Uh, but they need to take that step into world football. They need to win a Champions League in the next three years. And you shouldn't underestimate... I know I'm, I'm sort of playing devil's advocate a bit here as well. But yep. they almost show no obvious weakness. Like... They pick yeah. players, you know, oh, there's a little need. We'll hit that and then we'll, you know, we'll continue to develop our youth. And then if we've got a little problem, we're, we'll address it. They've got their, almost it's a building block thing. We'll just continue to build. And now they're in the position where they've, 
um, been able to build a team that's strong at every position um, and they've got a system that works. So now it's, let's just pick guys that we believe can fit our system, that we can afford, we can throw a bit of money to um, yeah. in, in competition to other teams. We're a winner. We've got basically everything you need. And people want to play for them. Exactly. People want to play with the winners. They want to play for Guardiola. He's got that pedigree. Um, yeah, I think that at the moment, Manchester is blue, but trophies talk. Uh, you got a lot of catching up to do, Man City. <laughs> but, um, some of us don't live in the past. Just uh, like you, your Dolphins, if you, if you have United. A, if you have a past as good as Man United, <laughs> uh, you'll be living there a bit longer. There's a reason Cowboys fans still talk about the 90s. Yeah, well, I don't think uh, I don't think your dad's talking about them as much anymore now. Not not much, not much. Oh, although the, the, you get the stock standard. Oh, this will be the year. From all Cowboys fans. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, we them boys. This this is the year. Um, <laughs> now, we we sent it out on our socials, uh, the poll, and we got a great response. Uh, lots of people had their thoughts. And on our poll, 66% have said that Manchester United, that it, Manchester is red, that Manchester United are Manchester's team. Uh, so I think that the people on our socials have sort of weighed that historical versus um, versus current pretty well. Um, now, let's get into our icon of Manchester. We are running a little bit long on this podcast, so we're going to rapid fire through a few of these names. There's been a lot of fantastic footballers in Manchester. Um, Ollie, do you want to take us through the first one? Yeah, first one um, is Sergio Aguero. Aguero. <laughs> Aguero. Aguero. Yeah, I was about to say that as well. <laughs> Famous Manchester City player. So, 275 appearances for the club, 184 goals, five league titles, including his famous 94th minute game winner. Yeah, and that that is a goal that wasn't included on our part one of most uh, iconic soccer goals of all time. It Hint, hint. You'll see it part soon. Part two. Part <laughs> if there is a part two, uh, you'll see that one soon. It's one of the most iconic goals uh, in English football. Um, Man United were winning the title race if the results were as they were. Um, but in the 94th minute, um, Man United were already sort of celebrating, thinking they'd done it. 94th minute, Aguero, ball in the net, uh, wins the title on the last day of uh, last week of the season. And that's the thing, he can find the goals. And he's City's all-time leading goal scorer. He's um, got the most Premier League goals for a single club and fourth most Premier League goals total of all time. Absolute assassin in front of the goals, um, as tough as it is for me to say. Um, But yeah, he was an incredible player. And um, yeah, just recently retired as well uh, with health complications. So I hope he's doing okay. For sure, man. And would you like to take us through our next? Yeah, so next is uh, George Best, famous uh, old uh, old school Man United player. 361 appearances for the club, 137 goals, uh, two league titles, one European Cup, and he was the first ever inductee into the English Football Hall of Fame. They, he's called one of the greatest English footballers of all time for a reason um, and was, yeah, iconic both on and off the field. Yeah, look, he spent those 12 years for Manchester United and he also spent time at 12 different clubs. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
It actually might have been more than that. I actually think it was there, definitely there was, more than There that. was quite a lot of different clubs in there. I think there was a... Even Bris- played for the Brisbane Bris- Lions. <laughs> Brisbane Lions. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that and had a little chuckle. Um, next one we've got, and it's our first ever second appearance on an icon Ooh, uh, competition. There you go. The great, the one and only David Beckham. Now, we only talk... When we talk about an icon of a city, we only talk about their stats for the team. Now, he had a big impact for LA Galaxy and there was a reason why he was a nominee. But this is his most iconic team. And I think this is uh, his best chance at winning an icon. This is the most iconic uh, team he played for. So, 265 appearances, 62 goals, six league titles, two FA Cups and one Champions League win. And it was the famous 1999 uh, Champions League win that we will get to shortly. Hint, hint. (laughs) Um, Do you want to take us through the next one? Yeah, so the next one may come as no surprise. It is Cristiano Ronaldo. Yep. Um, He had 222 appearances for Manchester United. He scored 99 goals. He's won one FA Cup, two League Cups, one Champions League, three Premier Premier Leagues. And what else did he win? That famous... Won the Ballon d'Or. The Ballon d'Or. So he was... I mean, we all know Cristiano Ronaldo is probably one of the best soccer players of all time. Um, Does his time in other teams take away from his icon status in Manchester? Probably, but that's not to undermine what he did during his time there as a young guy. If you look in in a vacuum, and these stats have got his current stint in Manchester as well. So, as we know, he... Uh, uh, from Juventus moved back to Manchester United he's currently playing there um, yeah he's he's had an incredible run and I think if for him to be the icon of Manchester he'll he needs a little bit more in his current run as well uh, to sort of prove that um, but he credits um, Sir Alex Ferguson as like a father figure to him he really has valued his time at Manchester United and he achieved everything that you want to achieve like you look at that FA Cup League Cup Champions League Premier League Ballon d'Or he achieved everything you want everything you need uh, in his career at Manchester United and then he moved on uh, moved on to Real Madrid where he achieved even more success yeah okay last one yeah of our finalists the last one I'm I almost disputing is the icon Ooh. of Manchester here yep um but for different reasons as mm-hmm. to our next finals, which I'm sure you probably already know who that is as well. Mm-hmm. But this one is Ryan Giggs. So he had 672 appearances. Now, wow, that is just that is just an ex- astonishing amount of games of football. And especially looking at all the other appearances, like these are guys who are iconic to the team. And like George Best at 361 is absolutely an insane amount of appearances. To almost double that, with Ryan Giggs, unreal. Unreal. A one-club player. Let's not forget that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and funnily enough, spent his youth career at Man City and Man United. I did see that when doing our research. Interesting. Yeah, so he ended up achieving 12 Premier League wins. <laughs> That's insane. That's Four insane. FA Cup wins, three League Cups, two Champions Leagues, and was voted by United, United's magazine as Manchester United's best player, which I'd agree with. Yep, I would agree with too. <laughs> I think that's, that is a tough a tough one to follow. And I think if this was most iconic Manchester player, he would win. 
which should give everyone the hint they need for the most iconic uh, sports person uh, or sports figure in Manchester, uh, as decided, is Sir Alex Ferguson. So, consider the greatest manager in football of all time. He's won more trophies than any other manager in football. In 20, 26 years, he won 38 trophies. That is over one trophy a year. That is incredible. Uh, 13 Premier League titles, uh, five FA Cups, and two Champions League wins. I Absolutely incredible career. Um, he's the icon of... One of the icons of football. Um, and I don't think there's much more to say that hasn't been said. I think that... Um, reading around online, the only knock that people can try and make is maybe he could have won a few more European titles, but 13 Premier Leagues. A funny thing for me Dominant. is one of his autobiographies is just called My Autobiography. I've read that one. <laughs> yeah. And it's just pretty funny because it's like, it's like, what else do I say? This is me and everyone knows who I am. I'm an icon. Um, if he doesn't have it... If he doesn't have anything more to say, uh, I don't think we need it. But yeah, he I think he is the most iconic uh, sports person in Manchester history. Yeah, look, I, I don't know what to say. I think other teams should probably have went harder at the end of 2013 <laughs> to try and get him to, to sign on. But as you know, as he sort of ages on and is a bit of an old man now at 80 yeah. years of age, he probably won't coach again. So Enjoying retirement, I think he is. Uh, well... Uh, so our winner is Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, did you want me to take you through the top five most iconic moments? Yeah, I've left this one to you as a Man U fan. So yep. let's fire off those top five moments. So the t- uh, number five moment, the Premier League title in 2010-2011. Um, that was the title that made them overtake Liverpool as the statistically most successful club in England. Um, so by a sheer amount of trophies. Uh, That was the title that put them over the line. Uh, Number four is his final Premier League title in 2012 and 2013. Uh, He retired on top, uh, which is an iconic way for someone so iconic to go out. Uh, Number three is the 2008 uh, Champions League final. Ryan Giggs, uh, in the penalty time, uh, his penalty sealed the win after a full game, full extra time. It went to penalties and they beat Chelsea in that one. Uh, Number two is his first Premier League win. Um, It was their first league title win for Manchester United since the inaugural Premier League. Uh, sorry, since 1967, and it was the inaugural Premier League. Um, so for, instead of just being English football, that was when it was first branded the Premier League. And number one is an incredible game, an incredible story. 1999 Champions League final. Bayern were leading, heading into stoppage time. So 90 minutes have been played. Bayern are up one. The um, fourth official holds up the scoreboard. Three minutes are on the clock. United scored two goals in three minutes and won the Champions League and sealed a treble victory. What a choke. <laughs> I think people talk about the Falcons too much. I think I think that's an even bigger choke job. Do you remember that one, mate, at aged one? <laughs> I, I do not, but I've watched some highlights and just incredible, uh, absolute scenes. Um, and people have described the uh, Lions roar around the stadium afterwards. It was just an absolutely incredible moment and incredible uh, win to seal the treble for Manchester United. Uh, Absolutely incredible. Well, we're going to get into the mailbag now. Ollie, do you want to bring us the uh, mailbag questions this week? 
Yeah, so the first question is from Sam from Maryland. And he asks, what's a bigger rivalry, Manchester United versus Liverpool or Manchester United versus Manchester City? Ooh. I don't know if either are a rivalry at the moment. Manchester United aren't coming to the, aren't coming <laughs> to the plate at all. Um, I think historically United Liverpool. I think that City really. I think recently it's all about the recency thing. I think a lot of the arguments um, have been about the recent is Man City focused, but historically um, City haven't been the best team for a long time, and so that rivalry with Liverpool carried English football for a long time. I think if Everton were more competitive, it would easily be <laughs> Everton v Liverpool. I've taken my pot shots all uh, all podcast. <laughs> it's time for you to have your fun. <laughs> That's so. There's no real bragging rights to an Everton versus Liverpool game. It's a oh, crud. <laughs> Liverpool have just choked this one. How did we lose to? Yeah. Everton? How did we lose to Everton? So I feel like Liverpool's always tried to get their rivalry out of Chelsea, and now that Chelsea are as, <laughs> as competitive. Yeah. It's okay, let's get something out of Manchester United. We've got that long history there as well. So, For sure. I think Liverpool sort of rivals with everyone. And Liverpool... I mean, I've always no one been likes Liverpool. a fairly casual... <laughs> I've, I've always been a fairly casual Liverpool fan, I'd say. But when I say I'm a Liverpool fan, I suppose it comes with, with winning. Yeah. Everyone now is like, oh, I hate Liverpool. Liverpool over Liverpool, Collingwood like of him. the Premier League. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so <laughs> proud that you've. Uh, that uh, you, but like, <laughs> that's the comparison. Uh, honestly, because if you're a fan, you're a diehard. You love them. If you aren't a Liverpool fan, you hate them to bits. Yep. Well, I, I think it's a tricky one. I, I think, as we mentioned, Liverpool have just tried to get that that rivalry and not make it out of nothing. But there's that history there that they're sort of holding on to. And I think at this time. What is bigger box office? Is it the Manchester United versus Manchester City game? Probably. O- on, I don't, honestly, I don't know. the biggest box office at the moment is Liverpool Man City. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, those games are deciding titles. Man United aren't deciding titles for the last five years. Well, that, that's the thing. It's, it's Man, Man City Liverpool is the biggest rivalry right now. Well, you just got to go with the the top teams, and and that's probably it right now. So. For sure. For sure. Uh, next question. Noah from Newcastle asks, Harry Maguire for Swans VFL. <laughs> yeah, I actually stumbled across this the other day. It was pretty funny. I was having a look at the uh, Swans reserves and I saw that Harry Maguire was listed. Um, now, Harry Maguire hasn't hung up the boots for Manchester. <laughs> he's he, got a good kick on him, though. <laughs> he's... Uh, Quite the boot. This Harry Maguire is a Swans Academy player and is progress through to the Swans Reserve. So there is a Harry Maguire <laughs> playing for the Sydney Swans, but not to be mistaken. If you'd like to check out our TikTok page, head. <laughs> we, um, we posted a video with uh, Harry Maguire and his famous kick and uh, comparison to another famous head kicker. What's in, your uh, thoughts on Cement Head this year? He's been pretty bad. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Why has the whole team been so bad, Harrison? I don't Please know. Have you, seen, have you seen the video of um, De Gea? Uh, it was, um, I can't remember what game it was, but there was a deflection off Harry Maguire and it went in the goals. And De Gea literally like, walked off, shrugged his shoulders and went, what am I doing here? <laughs> what's, actually, what's Rashford doing this year? Yeah. I actually used to like him. Like I did too. I used to be like, I used to respect how good he was as a young player. But now I'm just like, oh yeah. What know. a fall from grace. I don't know. Um, I personally haven't watched enough Manchester United games to fully comment, but 
Yeah, they're just not good. Yeah, <laughs> it I saw seems like their culture's broken. I saw something today. It was just a post, and it was basically the whole team. And it was like sell. It was like you know, it's like sell or buy or keep or whatever. It was just sell, 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 gone, sell, sell, get rid of him, <laughs> get rid of everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah, but Ratchford last ten games, zero goals, zero assists. Yuck. Um, Yuck. And that's just about for everyone else on the team as well. Yuck. So good luck. Uh, what's our next question, Noel? Who is the best Manchester United player ever? And this one comes from Joe from Newcastle. Our, uh, our number one fan. Um, best Man United player ever. I think if you're talking most talented, it's Ronaldo. If you're talking best, it's got to be Ryan Giggs. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. <laughs> what else do I say? Yeah, that, that'd be mine. I think he was a big ad, a big chance of winning that full icon yeah, today as well. Yeah, for sure. I think if we just kept it to players, it'd be uh, it'd be Giggsy at the um, as the icon of Manchester. But uh, last question from Declan from Warners Bay: uh, thoughts on the Harlan signing? Yeah, I mean, I love it <laughs> from for Manchester City. Yeah, um, great, cheat, cheat great code. Yeah, I think that um, they're just pulling out their wallets and buying another Premier League. Yeah, well, look, um, I mean, he was pretty keen on the switch to Real Madrid at first. Yeah, um, but then Real Madrid nice. sort of have have went for Mbappe. I hope so we get him. I hope we get him. That sort of impacted their chance fina- chances financially. So let's just make an offer for the second best choice, in my opinion. Yeah, um, twenty one years of age. He's a young one. He can. Be, yeah, he'll he's he'll give him ten ten years easily. He could be good. For, he could be good for another ten years as well. Um. All right. Well, it sort of reminds me of. Sorry, it sort of reminds me of the Kevin De Bruyne sign as well. The signing yeah, at the time, like just young, talented footballers who want to play for Guardiola, who want to play in that Man City system, because uh, they know they'll achieve success. Uh, maybe not in Europe, um, but they will achieve success in England. Um. Now, uh, Easter long weekend, you had some uh, sports games that you went to. I did. Yes. Um. So. Do you want to talk about them? So you went to Melbourne? Yeah, I went to Melbourne. I've been wanting to get down there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and as Easter comes along, you get a few extra days on the end and the start of the week. So I thought, let's travel down there. Why not? I uh, attended, first game, attended two games. First game I attended was Carlton versus Port Adelaide, which turned into a really, really big and exciting game in a it weird way. It was close in the end, wasn't it? Well, I mean, we got the four points. That's I got a smashing. Carlton smashed him. Yeah. I got Carlton disappointment and I got a Carlton win all in one. So I'd say it's a pretty eventful uh, eventful game. You got the full Carlton experience. 100%. <laughs> well, we don't win very often, so maybe that's that's part of the new experience. Don't win very often. They're 4 and 1. 4 and 1. Oh, let's keep let's keep riding. Team. Hopefully 5 and 1 against Frio and then we'll 6 and 1 against North. Sorry, Nora. Noah, let's uh, move on. Keep going forward. Don't don't count your chickens. Yeah, too but early. I'm I'm a very one week at a time guy. This yeah. is going to be a big matchup this week against It is going to be a big matchup. Um, what was the other game you saw? The second game I saw was Hawthorne versus Geelong. Yep. Um, now I've always wanted to go to this game, and I mentioned to my partner Josie before we went to the game. I said, "Look, these teams, you you'd say they're on completely different levels. One's rebuilding. One's." towards the end of their championship run per se i mean they've put all yeah. their eggs in there but in their old old person's basket they got <laughs> a nursery home down in geelong um <laughs> but i thought this game always is always close yeah. and boy it was close i think it was two goals it was the final result but yeah what do you say like this game's always close it was a great game from start to finish yeah for sure. up then geelong 
come back and you thought, oh, Hawthorne are just going to be buried here. But Hawthorne get the job done, which was pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely incredible uh, from the Hawks. And uh, yeah, it sounds like an awesome weekend. Both games were at the G, weren't they? Both games were at the G. Yeah, it was a bit different. I mean, they're still trying to get more and more fans back to the games. But yeah. if I'm in Melbourne, I'm going every week. Oh, Unfortunately, I don't live in Melbourne, so... Yeah. Um. Did you sit good seats? Yeah, good seats. Right at the top for the Carlton game, because I wanted to sort of um, give a different experience for both, so I could watch the whole game, and I could sort of recognise each of the players from, you know, a bit further back. Yeah. And then a bit closer, so I could be with all the, the fans, because I knew it would be more of a fan-driven thing, being with... You know, listening to Geelong versus Hawthorne banter from their fans That'd and that sort of thing. Fun. Um, which we certainly got there as well. Yep. All right. Well, we are struggling for time, so we need to quickly get through our locks of the week. Uh, last week, both of our locks did not get up. Uh, the Real Madrid lost to Chelsea in leg two, um, but advanced on aggregate. Uh, they're still my pick to win the Champions League. And, of, like, of course, biased. But, oh, yeah, <laughs> um, and the West Coast Fever lost to the Melbourne Vixens in the Super Netball. Uh, so the score is still 3-2 to you. Uh, and the locks for this week, who you got? Um, Toby Green from GWS Grub. is back Grub. this week. I love him, mate. I think he's, he tries hard. He is an idiot. He's a good player. Like Absolute him. idiot. Um, I think he kicks two goals in his return to football this week versus the Saints on Friday night. I think he kicks two umpires and gets another <laughs> suspension. Well, you know what, mate? He might just do that. But he, he, might, he, he's might, do he, he might do he's both. He might do both. He's a new man. <laughs> <laughs> he'd want to be. Um, I've got the Swans to beat the Hawks on Anzac Day. I think they uh, the Swans have been riding a lot of form, um, apart from uh, a half a game against North and the entire game against the Bulldogs. Um, and I think they, uh, I think they get up on the uh, Hawks this week. All right, we're gonna, we're probably just about to end it, but I think we have to mention something. All right, the West Tigers won a game. They won a game. They won a game, <laughs> and they beat the Parramatta Eagles by a point. They look like a different team. Oh. And um, what do you say? That was just a, a Tigers win. <laughs> it, it's so surprising. Um, I saw on Sportsbet, I think it was that the, the Eels were playing. The Eels Ta- paying a dollar five. Yep. Someone bet a hundred grand on the Eels to win. No. What a silly bet! What, what do you gain from that? <laughs> you $5, gain nothing, and you potentially lose it all. Well, <laughs> I, I was uh, before the game even started. It's sort of weird. Like I feel like the Eels are the team that would choke and lose the Tigers, and the Tigers like they fixed up their lineup. They brought in a lot of new guys, or just changed up some positions as well. Yeah, and I was like. I reckon this could happen. And I was paying 10 bucks and I was like, look, I won't Did put you any money on it. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh. I was like, I won't put any money on it. But I messaged a few of my mates. So I said, Tigers are going to win here. I said, I'm quietly confident. Like, and quietly then, confident quietly is something confident. I've never heard from a Tigers fan in the last 10 years. Well, mate, we're not confident about anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except for Benji Marshall and he's gone now. So, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what a what a performance. Um, a sign of things to come or a blip on the radar? I think it's uh, just buys Maguire a few more weeks, maybe. When you're talking weeks and not even seasons, you know you're in trouble as a coach. <laughs> I don't think he you're you're, you're buying longer. yourself, not like buying your job next year. It's like, yeah, he might last another week because of that win. Oh, Yeah, look, it's grim. Um, I grim. actually had a look at some... Not had a look, but I... I remembered some of our predictions for NRL and AFL, and we're looking all right. I think we're looking all right. I think, just to highlight a few, I think Isaac Heaney is probably an All-Australian at the oh moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I had 
Brisbane to win the flag from memory. I think Melbourne wins this year. Um, Brisbane, f- Brisbane are looking alright though. Yeah, no one had Nick Dacos to win Rising Star, which yep. I was a bit surprised about. Looking back at it, um, trying to remember a few others. We had Tigers. We actually had together. We agreed that the Dragons would finish last. Now they're in the bottom three with the Tigers and Bulldogs. Yeah. So Toss never know. Those ones. Um, and there's a few ones as well, but I'm sure we'll review that at the end of the year. I think even a mid mid season review. Uh, once we get to half the halfway point, might be a nice time to uh, review some of those picks. But um, but yeah. So that's that's about it for a very large uh, in depth podcast. A lot of things we talked about today. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, make sure if you've liked the podcast, you subscribe and follow us uh, at Road Trip Sports Pod is where you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We hope you like the new setup. I don't know if you've noticed, but Ollie has got himself a uh, professional microphone. Hopefully, I don't sound. <laughs> I probably don't sound like a robot as much this week, but uh... <laughs> we brought human Ollie in this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the uh, the podcast. Make sure you give us lots of feedback, five-star reviews, all the other buttons are broken. Um, make sure you uh, give us any feedback. And if you want to be on the podcast, if you want to have your stories told, if you want to come on and tell your stories, uh, we've now got three microphones. You so do. you can come on the podcast. Uh, if you're in Newcastle, come meet with us. If not, uh, we've got Zoom available. So get in touch with us, roadtripsportspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, We'd love to have you on and uh, talk some sports. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, that's it from us. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Uh, I've been Harrison Crook. This has been Oliver Gilmore. Thank you so much. See you next week. See ya.